He who knows that enough is enough will always have enough. Lao Tzu. Welcome to the Financial Clarity Podcast, dedicated to helping you make smart money decisions, live your values, achieve your dreams, and get more life from your money. This is Episode 11. Hello, I'm Mark Sinderson, and thanks again for joining me for this episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to get a bit philosophical and consider the concept of enough and how it applies to our lives and our financial plans. And in today's Fun Money segment, I want to explore the joy of home cooking and how it can help you enjoy super tasty food while saving a ton of cash. As always, the show notes, along with any links and additional resources for the episode, can be found at financialclaritypartners.com forward slash FCP011. Now, speaking of enough, you regular listeners have probably heard this next part enough, but I can't stop saying it enough. Wow, that's a lot of enoughs, huh? Well, what is it that I can't stop saying? It's the all-important disclaimer. Now, please remember that when you listen to this or any other financial podcast, that you shouldn't take advice from me on the show. I don't know you or your specific situation, and you don't know me very well. So please think of this show as just helpful information, tips, and education. Before you make any decisions about your financial life, make sure to speak with your legal advisor, your tax advisor, or your financial advisor. It's just the smart thing to do. How much is enough? Hmm. Well, it's a question many of us deal with every day. And yet, the answer often escapes us. It doesn't matter what area of life we're applying enough to. The exact answer is often, I don't know. Well, when it comes to money, the I don't know part is often the only answer people can give. That's because it can be so hard to nail down how much money people will need or want as they move through life. Situations change, people change, the world around us changes. The number of variables are staggering, really. Here's just a few. Your current age? How long until you need the money? Medical conditions? Family conditions? How long are you going to live? What's the rate of inflation? What's the sequence of inflation? In other words, is it higher some years and lower others? And when does that happen? What's the rate of return you're going to get on your savings? What's the sequence of returns you're going to get on your savings? In other words, some years are going to be less, other years are going to be more. How will that happen? Tax implications. What are the cash needs that you're going to need to have over life? What are your current expenses? What are your future expenses? What kind of lifestyle do you expect now and in the future? What's your personality like when it comes to money? What's your current income? What's your future income going to look like? What are your current obligations? What are your future obligations? Wow, is that enough (laughs) options? Well, I think that just shows that there's so many variables that come into play when we're trying to, to figure out how much money we're going to need for life, whether that is a few years in the future or decades in the future. And 
much of my time as a financial planner is dedicated to helping people answer the enough question when it comes to their money and their life. Now, no one has a crystal ball to you know look into the future and see what's going to happen. So to determine the enough and to stay on track towards that, it takes a lot of work over a long period of time. To give you an example and just to give you an idea of what some of the variables are and what the amounts are that equal quote-unquote enough for one particular goal that many people have, which is retirement, let's take a look at what some of that variability might be when it comes to how much is enough for retirement. So what I did, and I have a link to this in the show notes page, is I went to a retirement calculator, and there's lots of them out there, but I just went to the retirement calculator tool at the FINRA site. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar, FINRA, F-I-N-R-A, is an industry regulatory group for the financial services industry. And they have a nice calculator where you can plug in some variables and get an idea how much money is needed for retirement. So what I did was I went over there, and I'm, I, you have to make some assumptions. Anytime you're trying to figure out what enough is when it comes to money and time. So I made the assumption that uh, the person is now age 30. They're going to retire at age 65, so 35 years. They're going to live to either 95, that would give them a 30-year retirement, or to 105, which would be a 40-year retirement. Inflation is going to be 3% per year every year. They're in a 25% tax bracket now, and they will be in retirement and that their savings for retirement is going to be in a tax-deferred account. So something like a 401k or IRA. Now, all these amounts I'm going to give you are in today's dollars. So just to kind of give you an idea what kind of variability we're looking at. So let's first take a look at if somebody wanted a 30-year retirement, and they determined that their enough goal for each month in retirement was $2,000 a month in today's money. So what that means, if they were to average a 5% return on their savings between now and all the way through their retirement, all the way through age 95, they would need to have, by the time they retired at age 65, about $483,000 saved up. If they were to get an 8% return on their money, all other things being equal, they would only need to have 175000 saved up. Okay, well, what if they wanted $4,000 a month during retirement? Well, at a 5% rate of return, they're going to need to have $967,000. If they were to get 8%, they're going to need a little bit less, uh, only $351,000. What about a $6,000 a month lifestyle in retirement in today's money? That's $72,000 a year in expenses in today's money. Well, at a 5% return, they're going to need to have 1451000 or so saved up. If they were to get 8% on their return, all, 8% return on their money all the way through till the time they, they pass at age 95 is going to require $527,000. Now, let's make the assumption that they're going to need a 40-year retirement. So they're going to retire at age 65, and they're going to live a long time. Because one of the biggest things that you need to account for is longevity. You don't want to 
run out of money before you run out of life. So one of the things to do, you can do is to project a longer retirement. And so if you go with a 40 year retirement, that $2,000 a month expense in retirement for 40 years at 5% is going to take 1.4 million, 1,451,000. And an 8% return, 527,000. If you go to a $4,000 a month lifestyle, at 5% return on your money, it's going to take 1,184,000 by the time you retire. If you get 8%, 393,000. What about that $6,000 a month lifestyle? So in other words, $72,000 a year in today's money at retirement. At a 5% return, you're going to need to have 1,776,000 in the bank. At an 8% return, about 590,000. Now these are just some very basic examples and I've only accounted for a few variables. In other words, inflation, rate of return. I've only picked a couple of rates of returns. I've picked a static inflation rate. I've picked a static age. And you can still see that there's a huge variability in enough. In other words, there's a big variability between how much money is going to be needed. So as you can see, there's, that's, it's a moving target. It's a little bit like shooting at a moving target. And determining what enough is, is really a challenge. But fortunately, there is something you can do to help you and or your financial planner answer that enough question. And what that is, is to get in the habit now of setting your own personalized, unique goals and priorities and tracking your progress towards those goals over time. So depending on your, partic your particular situation, goals, needs, and wants, the amount of money that equals enough is going to vary widely. Remember, as in most things, there are no right or wrong amounts. It's your money. It's your life. You can make a big determination on how you want to spend that money and live your life. So there are no right or wrong amounts, but there are practical and impractical possibilities for everyone given everyone's unique situation. So for example, if somebody's earning $10,000 a year and they want to retire in 10 years, they have no money saved up at this point, they're not getting any additional money, they want to retire in 10 years and they want to have a $100,000 a year lifestyle, that's pretty impractical. On the other hand, if somebody is earning say $100,000 a year, they're 30 years old, and they want to retire at age 65, and they'd like a $4,000 a month uh, expenses in retirement, that's a little bit more practical. So there are, while there are no right or wrong answers, there are practical and impractical realities for everyone at any particular point in time. So really take some time to really think about what enough means for you and your family and everybody is going to be different and when you're going through this exercise what you want to take a look at is what's your lifestyle like now is there anything you would like to change could you live with more could you live with less what do you want to do in the future and how does everything you're doing now move you forward or uh, move you backwards when it comes to achieving your goals in the future and that word or that amount that equals enough is going to be completely different for everybody. Uh, there's lots of rules of thumb and guidelines that you'll hear tossed around 
uh, out there on the internet and TV uh, commercials, that type of thing, that you're going to need a million dollars in retirement uh, if you want to have a good retirement. Well, a million dollars might be more than enough for some people, and it might not, and it might be nearly not enough for other people. So it all depends. And the only way you're going to get um, a realistic appraisal of where you're at and where you want to be and what enough is for you is you're going to have to take some time to try to paint a picture of where you're at. So you really need to take a realistic assessment of where you are now and put together that picture of what it might take to get you to your enough. If you find that there's a big gap between where you're at now and where you want to be, then you're going to need to make adjustments to one or many of the variables that I talked about earlier that come into play in order to help you get to enough. So it is it is a bit of a, a process. It does take a lot of work. And if you're motivated and if you're motivated enough, you're long-term thinking enough, you've got enough time, you can definitely do this on your own. Like I've said before, there's many people that have done an excellent job of being their own financial planner and getting where they want to, to be, setting goals, achieving those goals, and keeping track of everything along the way. There's plenty of people that do that. But there's also plenty of people that realistically can't do that. And it's not because they don't want to do it. It's just because they can't, because they've got lives to live. They've got families and everything else that goes into life. So that's where somebody like a, finan a trusted financial advisor, financial planner comes into play. And um, there's lots of good financial planners and financial advisors out there. Uh, so take advantage of the resources that are available to you. Take some time to go through and determine what your enough is and start working towards that. And if you need some help along the way, I would be more than happy to, uh, to speak with you and find out a little bit more about your situation and see if my services are enough to help you reach your enough. Okay, hope that helps. On to the fun money segment. And I'm going to call this the joy of home cooking. Now, I love to eat, and I love to eat tasty, well-cooked food, as I'm sure many of you do. The problem is that if you don't think you have the time or enjoy preparing your own food, you're going to have to pay for someone else to create those tasty meals. Now, that's one of the main reasons there's so many restaurants out there. Society and our lifestyles have evolved over the last 40 or 50 years that we just feel that most of the time we don't have the time to cook for ourselves, so we go to a restaurant. And that's one of the main reasons there's so many restaurants out there, to serve everybody that wants good food but doesn't feel they have the time, skills, energy, knowledge, or motivation to prepare their own food. And while there's nothing wrong with restaurants, it can sure get expensive to eat at them every day. So... I think it's actually pretty easy to break that restaurant-only cycle, and that's by cooking at home. Now, I know that concept sounds foreign to many of you, but it's really not that difficult. And with a few simple tools, a little planning, and some time, and 
some motivation and some prioritization, you can prepare high-end restaurant quality food in just about any any kitchen. Now I've been I've been an enthusiastic home cook since college, and I have really I've really enjoyed preparing good food at home. I've had some successes, I've had some failures, but generally uh, I enjoy cooking. I find it relaxing. It's uh, it's motivating sometimes to try to find new recipes, and I generally enjoy doing it. But I do have to make it a priority. I have to fit it into my schedule one way or the other. Now, there's lots of resources for getting more skilled at cooking. Now, back in the day, back when I was in college, before the internet, <laughs> I've given you a sense how old I am, I guess, um, my mom gave me a book when I was in college and I moved into my first apart- uh, apartment during college, and she gave me The Joy of Cooking. Now, this was a book that has been around for almost 100 years, and I still have the book, and I used it for many, many years as a reference or guidebook on on how to cook and basically how to prepare food. And the latest edition of the book, and I think the latest edition was 2006, still comes highly recommended. So I'll, I'll have a link to that uh, on Amazon in the show notes page if you want to check it out. Um, it's a very good book, and there's so many books and resources out there on cooking all kinds of food, all types of ethnic cuisines, styles, diets. There's so many out there. And I really can't make any suggestions on what what particular book or material would be best for you. So I'm just going to make it easy, and I'm going to give you a link in the show notes to cooking books on Amazon. There's thousands of them. And that's a great way to get started. Buy, get a couple books um, on food that you're interested in, and learn some basic techniques and have fun with it. Now, like I said, I'm, I've enjoyed cooking at home for years, and I'm most certainly not a chef. But, you know, I think I put out some quality chow most of the time. And one of my favorite things to tweak as a cook is steak. I love a well-cooked steak, but the problem has been how best to affordably get a good result uh, at home that is comparable or better than a quality steak restaurant. Now, on that quest, I've recently come across or discovered a couple of fun tools that have helped me make some of the best steaks I've ever made in my life. So I want to give you these suggestions just as a way to, to maybe spur some some ideas because these tools apply, they work great for steak, but they also are great tools to use for any other kind of cooking. It could be vegetables, seafood, other types of meat, all, they work great ac- across the board. And the first is a Himalayan salt block. Now I hadn't really thought about this, but essentially what this is, it's a two inch thick block of solid salt, the one I got is about 12, about a foot square, and you can cook on it. So what I do is I place it on a gas cooktop, and I heat it up to, it takes about 20 minutes or so, you want to heat it up slowly. It gets up to about 500 degrees, drop some steak on that, and in about 10 minutes, we've got a great steak. The, the, uh, the salt block is sm- smoking hot, literally, and it retains the heat, so it maintains that heat that's necessary to get a nice sear on the steak, cooks the steaks very, very good. Now, the great thing is this salt block is not expensive. It was only about 12 bucks, and it's really easily cleaned, and it's reusable. So if you take care of it, you can get multiple uses out of it. We've had ours for a few months, and I've used it 15 times or so, and it's still in great shape. And the, 
I guess worst case scenario, if you drop it on the floor and it breaks, well, then you've got salt. You can literally eat the dish you cook with. <laughs> but it's been very durable and we love the results. Now another technique I was familiar with and had heard but I'd never really considered is what's called sous vide cooking. Now some of you may have heard about it but basically sous vide cooking and it's pronounced or it's pronounced sous vide and it's spelled S-O-U-S-V-I-D-E. I guess it's French but it's basically cooking food in a warm water bath. Sort of like a, a food hot tub. <laughs> you put the food in a plastic bag, uh, remove the air. So a lot of people use a vacuum sealer, or you can just use a Ziploc bag. Remove the air and place the food in the bag in the hot water to cook. Now the advantage is, is that the food stays moist and juicy, and it's never overcooked because you're cooking it to a specific temperature. Now there's lots and lots of sous vide cookers on the market from very cheap to very, very expensive. I'd recommend starting off with a more basic model that's basically like a immersible heater and you can attach that to a large pot. I use a like an, a 12 quart pasta pot or something that I attach it to. Ours was only $75. Now that's a little bit of money, but not a lot because it's multi you can use it obviously for years and years and years. It was only 75 bucks. I got it at Amazon, and I'll post a link to the particular model that we got. But it came with everything you need uh, to start sous vide cooking, except for the food, of course. And it works great. Now, I was particularly intrigued with using it to cook steak, and then use my salt block to put that last-minute sear on the steaks once I take it out of the, the sous vide cooker. Well, last week... Uh, I got the cooker a couple weeks. Got the cooker last week, and last weekend I tried it. I took the steak, cooked it in the sous vide cooker for I think an hour at 130 degrees, which should give us medium rare steak. Took it out and then seared it very quickly on the smoking hot salt block for a couple of minutes. And oh my, were they delicious! This was I think I found my steak home cooked steak nirvana here with this combination. Uh, and I really, honestly, I have no need to go to a fancy steakhouse and pay 40 to $60 for a steak anymore. Um, the steak was that good. Perfectly done, juicy, exactly as I wanted it to come out. Now, sure, there was some upfront cost in buying the salt block and the sous vide cooker, but I'll make that up in just a few meals when I compare it to uh, cooking a steak on my own versus going to a restaurant. So I buy my steaks at Costco in bulk, freeze the ones we don't use, I cook the, cook the steak in a sous vide cooker, sear them on my salt block, and I end up getting restaurant quality steak at about $8 to $10 each instead of $40, $50, $60 or more that you would, get, uh, that you would pay by going to a, a, a nice steak restaurant. So that's just one example of how cooking at home and taking a little bit of time and getting motivated to cook good food at inexpensive prices can really save a lot of money. So just something to consider. I guess the bottom line is, is that by cooking at home, you are in control of the quality of the food and the ingredients that you serve your family. And you can save a lot of dollars over going out to eat at restaurants all the time. All right, well, that's about it for this episode of the podcast. Um, as always, if you'd like to subscribe and receive each new episode as soon as it's released, you can do that in iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And if you like what you hear 
and want to spread the word about the uh, podcast and help us get a wider audience, I'd really appreciate it. And the, one of the best ways to do that is to just leave a positive review on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. That kind of helps get the word out. And our, our listenership is going up each and every week, so thank you very much. And as I said, if you'd like to work with a financial planner to help you find your enough, I'd be honored to speak with you. You can just send me an email and uh, we can set a time to, uh, to talk and find out if my services might be a fit for your needs. You can email me at mark at financialclaritypartners.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Financial Clarity Partners. I'm also on Twitter at Plan With Clarity and also at Mark Sinderson. I've been posting pictures of my sous vide cooking, so you might want to check that out. And uh, you can also find Financial Clarity Partners on Google+. Thanks again for listening. Take care.